Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-back coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. To kick off your Monday morning, good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill. And how was your weekend? It was good. It was you, good. You know, we have to first say, I, I got pretty lucky compared to you. In Millsville, it was like 10 a.m., 11 o'clock. The snow was gone that we got. We had about four inches on the ground. Did you hear how much Barron County got? More than I want to talk about. It was like 16 inches of snow in some areas. I'm feeling like this is getting to be kind of ridiculous. Oh, I just, you know, we had those nasty storms come through down in Iowa and Louisiana, Tennessee that, you know, unfortunately took some people's lives and that's awful. And you just got to hope that we don't have that weather come up here and that everyone can rebuild. I mean, they're... Those towns are devastated. Little Rock, Arkansas is gone. Yeah, that's not good. No, we don't need that. No, we don't need that. I, I guess I'll t- I'll tolerate a little snow. Then. Yes, you got four inches of snow. I think you can, you know. Well, I'm not that. complaining. It's just that you know when we uh, when you're out walking the cows and and mm-hmm. then your boot gets stuck and <clears throat> and then you leave your boot and then you step again and it makes kind of an interesting day. So did you hop back into the boot that was stuck in the mud or did you put your foot in snow mud and then get your boot back out? <laughs> I had, my foot was already in the mud. So, <laughs> so I just stepped in the mud a little bit harder, pulled out my boot and then pulled off my sock and stuck my foot in there. So I didn't put the mud into my boot. Was the mud warm? No, it was cold. So you had cold toes then? Absolutely. Why didn't you find a cow pie? Warm them back up. <laughs> Because there's not many cows out there, and I was more interested oh. in, <laughs> geez. I'm and so then, disappointed right uh, now. And then put that cow pie in my boot, then I'd have to wash out the inside of my boot. You're supposed to wear rubber boots. Well, <laughs> no, these are muck boots. Well, same thing, they rinse off. Not not really, they get kind of gross on the inside. So then you have cold toes, which means now you're going to get a cold, and then you're going to be complaining with a stuffy nose. No, I went back in the house, and then I found a sock so I could put on a sock. I washed my foot, and then I put on a new sock. <laughs> washed your foot, put on a new sock. Very nice. Well, we've got a big special day today. 
it's a birthday today for somebody in the 4-H world. Now, Jill, you've been to the Clark County Fair. It's been a while. I was down at State Fair when the Clark County Fair was on this last year. Okay, so the Clark County Fair, and if you're familiar with the 4-H food stand and the guy who runs it, Alan Buchholz, today is his birthday. So say happy birthday to him. And I'm pretty sure he said he's going to buy surf and turf for every single person that does. We'll see what he says coming up next. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, today is Monday, April 3rd, Alan Buchholz's birthday. And like I said earlier, I'm still waiting to, to verify if he's going to buy surf and turf for every single person that wishes him happy birthday. But I think he'll go along with it. I mean, he's probably just getting up, feeling in a good mood. I say we go for it. Right now, we're going to kick off your Monday morning with some national news. And, yeah, let's see what's going on out in the world this morning on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump is facing dozens of counts related to business fraud, including some reported felonies. The indictment is not expected to be unsealed before his arraignment on Tuesday, so the specific charge or charges aimed at Trump are not publicly known. This marks the first time in U.S. history that a current or former president is facing criminal charges. Trump says he's completely innocent and argues the case against him is politically motivated. Former President Trump's attorney says the day he's arraigned, the rule of law in the United States has died. All the Tuesday stuff is still very much up in the air, the fact that we will very loudly and proudly say not guilty. Appearing on CNN's State of the Union, Joe Tacopino said whether someone is a supporter of the former president or not, the circumstances of the hush money case being brought against him should be alarming. He went on to say that Tuesday's arraignment in New York will be unprecedented, but he hopes it will go smoothly. Tacopino also declined to confirm the details of the proceedings, including what time it would take place or whether Trump would have to take a mugshot. The governor of Tennessee says he wants to expand a school safety measure that would put armed guards at every school in the state. This comes after six people were killed when a shooter opened fire at a private Christian school in Nashville last month. Governor Bill Lee's proposal would place school resource officers at every public school with funding set aside for private schools to do the same. The plan would need approval by the state legislature. It also includes additional mental health support and penalties for schools with security violations. There are a slew of economic reports on the calendar in the coming week. Dina Kodiak fills us in. Things get going on Monday with data on construction spending. Job openings and factory orders are due Tuesday. The ADP employment report comes out the next day, followed by weekly jobless claims Thursday morning. The government's monthly jobs report will be released Friday, along with February's consumer credit report. I'm Dina Kodiak. And many of these same areas reeling from weekend storms are expected to see severe weather again as early as Tuesday. At least 30 people in seven states were reported dead following an outbreak of tornadoes. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. You know, we were just looking at the news here and seeing about those storms that hit seven states. And Jill, that death toll is rising. It's up to what now? 32. At least 32 people. At least 32. That's just devastating the damage it did. And I don't know if you saw some of the videos I was watching last night online. And some of these people would stand in their doorways. Now, glass doors. And they're watching the storm, videoing it on their phone. And this woman's, that door just completely obliterated. The building fell on top of her. And she's like, I can't believe I didn't seek shelter. Well, you got to, sometimes it's, well, always. You need to take care of yourself. And you need to take care of the people around you. I mean, 
she should get a security camera that videotapes it. That way she could have gotten into the basement. She survived bumps and bruised and cut and everything else, but yeah, and she might not, not have had the chance. And you're not going to hold down your building. No. It's beyond, the strength is beyond what we can even fathom. Oh, definitely. I mean, and they said that one tornado was an EF4. That's a big one. That's a big one. They said it was on the ground for a long time. It wasn't just like a hop, skip, and a jump. It was down. And a lot of times with those EF4s, they are wide paths, too. So you don't have a lot of space, to No. No space for error on those. No. So I, I think we're pretty happy we with the snow we got. I mean, not everyone's happy with it, but compared to an EF4 coming through, I think we'll take the snow any day up here. Absolutely. All right. Well, Bob Bosold, we all know Bob. He was out and about this weekend, and he had a chance to catch up with some people up in the Chippewa area. Bob, what'd you find out, and where were you? It was a busy weekend for FFA chapters, especially the Chippewa Falls FFA. Jenna Bergen, one of the ag instructors at Chippewa Falls, was with us. Jenna, i got to ask you, Saturday morning, what kind of adventure was that, getting to River Falls? Well, Bob, adventure is quite the term you use for that. Uh, luckily, we did get 34 of our 40 students there, safe and sound, which was helpful. We're very thankful that the folks in River Falls were able to back up most contests by two hours. That, was, that came in clutch for us to get there safely. So we only had one of our original teams not be able to compete on Saturday. And for nine out of ten teams competing for us there that was that was pretty good still so was the overall turnout as far as schools i imagine it was down a little bit yeah i guess the last i heard while i was there was they basically didn't have maybe half the schools weren't able to make it in oh that's good when will you get the results or what do you feel your teams did well, we had mixed results. Kind of depends on the kids, the individual contests. We're hoping to have results by tomorrow um, so we can start sending emails and texting because we only have three more weeks and then they got to go compete at state if they did well. Not far away. And Sunday morning, you were busy and wow, you know how to get a crowd. Tell us what you were doing and what you had happening. Oh, my goodness. So Sunday morning, because we had a full FFA weekend on top of April Fool's and a blizzard. On Sunday morning, we were uh, so blessed that we had our FFA alumni's pancake breakfast. It's their fundraiser that helps support students in FFA and in ag education in Chippewa Falls. And we had over 400 people come through the line and eat. Um, Culver's Custard was here. They ran out for us. Um, We had so many generous donors. I think almost 175 different donors for all of our silent auction item baskets um, and we all we have additional donors besides the baskets that donate towards the actual meal so we are so thankful for our community that we are serving and the education and experiences that these dollars will provide to our students we're so thankful and uh, a lot of people did turn out this was the biggest breakfast ever oh i i mean i would say so yes we don't have the official number from the ticket table at this point yet as we're trying to wrap up our silent auction and calculate all the totals, but uh, we've been full, full for most of the day. Back to school on Monday. You bet. <laughs> Working hard. Just like farming, seven days a week. Seven days a week. We're ag teacher, you know, ag education, we don't stop. We so. don't stop. Jenna Morgan from the Chippewa Falls FFA got her kids to River Falls and got a lot of folks out for breakfast on Sunday morning at Breakfast with Jenna. I'm Bob Bosold. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And jumping over to our weather, it looks like we're going to have a cloudy day today. Not too crazy, though, but a high of 47 degrees. Tonight is going to be cloudy with a low of 34. Tomorrow, 
rain, wind, and yes, the S word, some snow. High of 41 degrees, though. Tomorrow night, we get some thunder showers. Not thunderstorms, thunder showers with a low of 39. So tomorrow's going to be pretty much the same temp all day long and into the night. Wednesday, some more rain, some wind, and yes, more snow. High of 47 degrees, so it won't stick around long. Wednesday night, cloudy and a low of 22. Temperatures around the area right now, it's feeling pretty nice out there. Medford's at 32 degrees. Down in La Crosse, they're at 41 Marshfield's at 35, over in Titletown, Green Bay, 41 degrees. Up in Rice Lake, they're at 32. Wausau's at 35. Madison at 38. Milwaukee, 45 degrees. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 32 degrees. Looking for that high of 47. We've got your morning markets, and they'll be brought to you by... For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And your morning markets will be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, kick us off for the day. Well, before we get into those markets, I need to mention we have some tickets to give away. Oh, yes. For the Midwest Horse Fair. They are one-day complimentary admission tickets. And the Midwest Horse Fair is April 14th, 15th, and 16th down at the Alliant Energy Center. I also have some rodeo tickets for Friday night, the PRCA Rodeo, it's Friday night. Uh, let me see if I can see the time. Oh, I don't see the time, but it is Friday night. And um, But if you're interested in them, you need to email me. That would be farm, F-A-R-M, at MidwestFamilyEC.com. And you need to email me so I can hand out these one-day free admission to the Midwest Horse Fair. And that's farm at Midwest Family. E is in Edward, C is in Charlie dot com. Absolutely. I look forward to grabbing some of those emails. All right. Now we'll swing on over for our cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 158 to 168 and a half with mixed at 126 to 157. Choice fed beef heifers are 159 to 169 with mixed at 110 to 158. Choice fed Holstein steers are 134 to 150 with select and silage fed steers 105 to 133. Cows are 75 to 89 with bulls at 83 to 117. Butcher hogs are 38 to 67 and a half with sows at 30 to 42. Boars are 13 to 15. New crop market lambs are 135 to 150. Feeder lambs are 70 to 270. Ewes are 60 to 125. Small goats are 30 to 195. Medium goats are 75 to 230. Large goats are 155 to 420. And nanny goats are 50 to 230. Thank you so much, Jill. And switching over to the Mercantile Exchange, we've got live cattle for April at... No, the ink kind of died here. 166.35, that's up 80 cents. June is at 162.12, up $1.12. August is at 161.42, up $1.07. Feeder cattle for April is at $200.82, that's up 92. May is at 205.25, up 80 cents. And August is at 221.97, up $1.27. Lean hogs for April is at 75.25, up that's down $1.20. May is at 84.62, down 12 cents. And June turned it around. Ninety-one sixty-two up two cents on the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your July corn was up seven cents at six forty-three. July oats up three at three sixty-five. July beans up nine at fourteen eighty-four. July soybean meal was down sixty cents at four hundred and sixty dollars and seventy cents a ton. July wheat up eight at seven twelve. Then switching over to the dairy side, what goes up apparently comes back down. Barrel cheese down six and three quarters cent on Friday to a dollar eighty and three quarters. Your blocks were down seven and a half cents on Friday to a dollar eighty five. 
Your AA grade butter remained unchanged at 239 and three quarters. And then those class three futures for March that closed out on Friday down just a penny at 1806. Then April down 36 cents to 1910. May down 14 cents to 1847. June down 13 cents to 1847. July was down a penny at $19. And then those markets remain mixed into 2024. And again, your morning markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, we had an interesting report come out on Friday. The USDA released its grain stocks and prospective planting report. And it shows that farmers intend to plant significantly more corn acres in 2023. Farmers who were surveyed are expected to plant nearly 92 million acres of corn, which is more than a million acres higher than the pre-report estimates, and a 3.42 million acre jump from last year. Switching over to soybeans, the estimated acres were just over 88 million, and the report on Friday showed that the numbers were slightly lower at 87.5 million acres, and which is still up slightly from 2022. The USDA projects 318.1 million acres of principal crops will be planted this year, and that's 6 million more than last year and nearly a million more acres than farmers planted than in 2021. That's some interesting stuff. That is interesting to find out what, you know, what crops are going to be planted out there. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you. My kids, I think, are pretty artistic. Are you? Were your kids artistic in school? <laughs> well, they're more artistic than their mother. Oh, I can't draw a straight stick person. <laughs> wow. So I don't know where my kids get it from. <laughs> well, when I used to uh, draw and make uh, examples, I used stick people all the time. But I got pretty, you know, I, may, I at least put toes and fingers on. Yeah, but mine look like monsters. Well, <laughs> they're like is. curved and gnarly looking. <laughs> well, well, if you know a high schooler that is artistic, the Wisconsin DNR is accepting artwork and entries from high school students for the 2024 Wisconsin State Park and Wildlife Vehicle Admission Sticker Design Contest. Now in its 33rd year, the annual DNR Sponsored Design Contest is open to all high school school-age students in Wisconsin. Artwork entries should focus on outdoor recreation, animals, or plants in Wisconsin. The vehicle admission stickers provide access to more than 60 state park, forest, and recreation area properties across the state. Entries are due before April 30th. That's just amazing that I didn't realize that those admission stickers allow you into 60 state park, forest, or rec areas. That sounds like an adventure that uh, we need to take and find out. Oh, Where yeah. all those 60 ones, 60 places are. Well, get your bikini ready. We're on the road. What? <laughs> boy, that went south fast. <laughs> oh, boy. I knew it'd stump for one of these days. Well, Bob had a chance to speak with Gary Saporsky on the financial literacy of dairy. So we're going to be hearing from Bob coming up, actually, right now, right here on Wax. This time of the year, the end of March, first part of April, you better know your finances. Yeah, it's getting to be tax time. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And while this is an important time for the average man and woman to know their finances all year long, dairy farmers to need to know their finances. But how sharp are most dairy farmers about knowing their finances? 
Gary Saporsky is past president of the Citizen State Bank and Loyal, very active in Vita Plus and very active visiting with farmers and teaching farmers around the country. And now that he's retired from all those other activities, he's doing it on a regular basis with the professional dairy producers of Wisconsin. We asked Gary about that financial literacy training for dairy farmers. He said he's doing it on a pretty regular basis, but he's not doing it alone. Uh, Dr. Kevin Bernhardt and I, Kevin's out of Platteville. Uh, it's all the way from November until uh, the end of March that we have sessions, two sessions every month, and actually two additional sessions this month where we help dairy producers understand their financials. So more than just balancing the checkbook. Oh, my. It's uh, way beyond that. Uh, we start out with the balance sheet, understanding that. We then go to the uh, accrual adjusted cash flows. We look at projections. We look at ratios and help dairy producers understand that. And the neat thing about it is is that these dairy producers will uh, go home with their homework and they take the examples that we share in a two-day session, for instance, with balance sheets. They go home and then they have to do their own. And they come back in about three weeks and then we talk about uh, what types of things that they saw and uh, surprised them. What are some of the misconceptions or biggest challenges dairy farmers face in understanding that balance sheet? Well, I think it's just a matter of uh, taking the time to do it. A dairy producer is so involved in taking care of the cattle, and they not have to. They definitely have to. And also taking care of the crops, because obviously that's important as well. So it's, it's a matter of sitting down. So many of them rely on the accountant. And, and maybe a bookkeeper that they have, but the dairy producer really needs to understand that because that's really the foundation of every farm, knowing where those assets and liabilities lie. So as uh, you start out, what do you assume they know or they don't know? Because I'm sure you get young dairymen as well as veteran dairymen taking some of these classes that you offer. Yeah, we've had all, all different age groups come. They just really en- enjoy... Uh, you seeing the example that uh, Dr. Bernhardt and I p- talk about and, and just what the different parts of the balance sheet are, the current assets, the current liabilities, which is working capital. And boy, it's extremely important a year like this when we have such volatility going on, not only in expenses but also milk prices. But just having that extra cash on hand to be able to make sure that you can pay your bills. We look at the intermediate assets, which are the uh, cattle and the machinery and then long term and we compare that then to the liabilities and it really opens up a lot of dairy producers mind and I always tell them on December 31st at 3 o'clock in the afternoon you got to sit down and do that balance sheet it's just got to be done the same time every every year in December at that time the long term liabilities how much of a, of a challenge is that, understanding what those long-term liabilities, and, and uh, that's kind of a scary word in itself. Well, actually, all of the, uh, the borrowing that a dairy producer has, whether it be outstanding bills or borrowing from a lender, they're all liabilities. But long-term means uh, generally the, the land and also the buildings is, are what the long-term liabilities are. And then you compare that to the long-term assets, which again are the buildings and the land. And those are uh, a little easier to finance from a standpoint of a lender because uh, they don't move, they don't go away, they have increased in value, which is very positive, and lenders are able to give producers a little more longer-term loan on those particular assets. 
along with some interest rates that are uh, probably more attractive than looking at uh, short-term or intermediate loans. You're a lender. How does a producer and what kind of information nowadays, because agriculture has changed so much, what kind of information do you need to take into your lender to get those more attractive rates? Oh, I tell you what really would be helpful, and lenders really appreciate producers coming in with a current balance sheet and possibly last year's balance sheet because you have to have two ending year. Uh, bringing in the accrual-adjusted income statement is really important as well. And then a projection for this next year. What do you think things are going to be like? And then a business plan. That word scares people, and I don't mean to do that, but basically is maybe three or six different items that need to be done this next year. And then... Uh, an example of that. Well, an example might be, uh, let's uh, lower the somatic cell count on the dairy. Maybe we're at 150, let's go to 100. So what types of things specifically are we going to do on that? Uh, maybe it's adding an addition onto the freestall. All right, so what what is involved? Who's involved? And how long is this going to take uh, to be able to do that? And who's responsible? So just having a plan of just what the dairy wants to do. Again, uh, three to six different items. It doesn't have to be lengthy, but written down. And if you bring in those documents to a lender, uh, they would be just very pleased that you spent the time to do that. And it really makes them understand that you know your business. Gary Saporsky with us, and Gary, of course, uh, been in the financial industry and the agriculture at Vita Plus and Citizen State Bank at Loyal for so many, many years. Now he thinks he's retired, but he's really not. As we look at, at working capital and looking at books, are you just looking at uh, the books they've got right now? Are you making recommendations? Well, first of all, the dairy producer needs to be responsible for making their own decisions. They are the owner. And there's not a lender out there that will tell them what to do. They will make suggestions. They will look at the financials uh, and have a discussion with them. Uh, but uh, dairy producers need to understand these financials in this day and age. But look at the assets that are out there on a dairy farm. These people are generating and working with huge amount of assets and huge amount of income and expenses. And right now with inflation where it is, and who knows where it's going and milk prices, volatility, uh, you really need to have a handle and take advantage of those marketing situations that are out there. When you put your uh, classes together, do you encourage one member of the operation or multi-generational members of the operation so there's more than just one person on the operation that can understand and talk about those finances? Well, these sessions are two days for around six months, all the way from November until March. It would be wonderful if we had multiple generations there. A lot of times we'll have a husband and a wife. Uh, sometimes we'll have the bookkeeper there. Other times we'll have uh, different management people that are from the farm. But multiple generations, having the next generation there to understand it as well as the first generation is extremely helpful. But just taking the time to be there Involve yourself in the discussion that we have and then go home and do the homework. We find that extremely helpful and producers are very, very pleased with it. In fact, this last group that we just have, we have a test, and I don't want to scare anybody, but it's testing the understanding and we have small check quizzes in between so we make sure that, that we're all on the same page. 
in this last group, we've just had phenomenal scores, and the people participated, and it was just really a, a joy to be an instructor, to see how they grasp it and the questions they ask. And you know they're going to go home and run their dairy on a much more profitable level. Oh, by the way, we have people that have come as far from New York and Pennsylvania to these sessions, Illinois. So this isn't just uh, Wisconsin people. This is all over. In fact, we've got a California person coming next year. How does a producer get involved with you? And are these uh, Zoom sessions? Do you have face-to-face meetings, Gary? Oh, this is all face-to-face. And just go on the uh, Professional Dairy Producers website and look up financial literacy. It gives you all the information. Uh, when you see the information, uh, there's a charge, but there is a uh, assessment that producers take uh, online, and it tells us what level of understanding they have. And some interesting stuff there. We'll have that uploaded here in just a little bit on our podcast. And Jill, tell us what that podcast is. Well, you go to the WAX website, click on Midwest Farm Report, and you will slide down a little bit and find the podcast. Excellent. Well, we got to keep moving along this morning. We've got your morning markets. Well, Rocky Olson, he'll be joining us next. We're at 529 for your Monday morning. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're at 530 for this Monday morning. And Rocky Olson joins us now. Good morning, Rocky. Hey, good morning. Did you get shoveled out this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. And how much nice did you have? About it. A lot of it we didn't even have to take care of. It kind of took care of itself. Yeah, that's the nice thing. We get this snow this time of year and a 50-degree day. It doesn't stick around long. Yeah, beautiful day yesterday. Yeah. Well, we had a beautiful day yesterday, and you had a busy week last week and a big one coming up. Catch us up. What's going on at Premier Livestock and Withy? Uh, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Here's a look at uh, last week's market at Premier Livestock. We've had a busy week. Uh, we sold over 3,800 head of livestock. Fed cattle traded steady uh, to a little lower. High choice and prime Holstein series, 138 to 149. Select and low choice, 125 to 137. Uh, choice beef steers and heifers up to 160. Uh, market cows steady. High yielding cows from 87 to a dollar two. Most cows 70 to 86. High yielding market bulls 98 to a dollar. Ten organic market cows sold every Monday. They sold strong, mostly from 140 all the way up to 170. Lower yielding 139 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves sold strong, mostly 150 to 275. Although on Monday uh, market was a lot higher. The top bull calves uh, Holstein sold from 280 to 390. Beef calves 150 to 490. This week at Premier Tuesday special feeder cattle auction, uh, bred beef cow auction got a complete. Complete Angus herd dispersal, very nice cows, lots of other really good quality beef cows for the sale. Uh, keep in mind, if you're bringing beef cows, you need to have them in Tuesday by 9 a.m. for preg checks, or they can come in today, Monday. Expect an 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle. And then Wednesday, dairy cattle auction, we've got two complete herd dispersals. we got a 100-cow Holstein parlor freestall herd, 83-pound average, 120 cell count from Boonstra Dairy. Herd number two, we got 38 Holstein tie stall cows, 
smoked in a parlor. Uh, herd also includes some uh, crossbreds and a few brown Swiss. They're going to be a 75-pound average, 4.7 butterfat, 3.5 protein, plus lots of other reputation dairy consignments. Full listing of that and uh, upcoming sales schedules at Premier Livestock and Auctions.com. Don't forget this Thursday will be a special sheep and goat auction. Also, uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. And next machinery auction, that's going to be coming up in June. We already got some equipment coming in for that sale. You can certainly bring yours in in any time, uh, larger items only. So that's the way things are shaping up. Sounds good, Rocky. Well, enjoy. Hopefully no more snow, let's hope. Let's let's hope for that. Yes. Hope for that. And if we are going to get some, hopefully we hit like 60, 70 degrees and it's gone in like five minutes. Yep, that sounds good. All right. Well, you have a good week and we'll catch up with you tomorrow. You too. Thank you. There he goes. Rocky Olson at Premier Livestock in Withy. We've got to check in with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike Dandria now. And Mike. Yes. So we had some interesting weather this weekend. Did you even sleep at all this weekend? Listen, I tried my hardest to sleep, but it was just all over the place. And even on my off days, I sit there glued to the radar. <laughs> well, and you saw down south. I'm just thankful we didn't get that because that, that up here would have just been awful too right and that's something that i was trying to uh, convey on my social media and just to other people in general is that uh you know the science behind storms like that is is very fascinating but the impacts are very real and people's lives can change in an instant literally Mm -hmm. and uh, that's something that we all have to consider as much as we do love the science behind it yeah could you imagine an ef4 how big is an ef4 tornado well it's uh it's very very windy and uh, it's very windy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a very big one, but uh, the winds have to be anywhere gusting from 166 to 200 miles per hour. So, uh, yeah, very, very windy, I think, warrants that. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I think we can handle the snow we got then. Right. And, uh, I mean, it melted pretty fast. And yesterday we hit our 50s for the first time in Eau Claire, Yay! actually topping out at 57. So we were approaching 60. But, uh Today will be cooler, but still seasonable as we top out into the upper 40s with a mostly cloudy sky, but we'll have some peaks of sunshine as well. Clouds hang around through tonight as we dip into the low 30s. Now, for tomorrow and Wednesday, we are tracking the potential at another spring storm system, but this time around, this will track a little further towards the north, meaning that we'll be in the warm sector, so more rain out of this. There may be a few uh, places where there's some mixed precipitation, but we could even have some thunderstorms out of this. Now, going into Wednesday, we are expecting to be very windy. Winds could be sustained anywhere from 20 to 30 miles per hour, gusts nearing 40 to 45 miles per hour, even a touch beyond that in a few of those rural locations. But then Thursday, still very breezy, but we'll have some sunshine, and those winds out of the west are going to keep us on the cooler side as we only top out into the upper 30s. Friday, milder, getting into the upper 40s, maybe just a slight chance at some showers later on in the night. And then looking at Easter weekend, it is going to be a beautiful one, getting into the mid to upper 50s, and in some cases, the low 60s. But right now, yeah, we're at 29 degrees in Eau Claire, and we have a mainly clear sky at the moment. All right. Well, hey, we'll look forward to Easter then. Sounds like we're going to have a good one. Looks like it. I think that we're getting a gift. (laughs) Oh, I like it. Hopefully it's not those little things that the rabbit leaves behind. Oh, you mean the peeps? Or they they taste like that? Uh Uh-huh. That's what I was thinking, Mike, right there. Or the black jelly beans. We'll call it that, too. That, too.
<laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the update. 29 degrees, and we will catch you later. All right. Sounds good. You have a good one. You too. There you go. Skywarn 13, meteorologist Mike Dandria this morning. We've got 29 degrees. Looking at cloudy skies today. High up in the upper 40s. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's that time in the morning. We're about 22 minutes before 6 o'clock. Morgan McCarthy joins us now. And Morgan, catch us up. What's going on in the news? It was a busy weekend. Well, good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Coming out of a weekend and plugging into a new week, we start with Mother Nature demanding some attention across the country with those tornadoes, but in the dairy land as well. If severe weather in the southern part of Wisconsin Friday night included two confirmed tornadoes in Walworth County. Lisa Lee lives in Elkhorn. She spoke with Fox 6 News. We went into the center hallway and just huddled together and listened to the freight train go by in the backyard. She's thankful the twister left debris scattered on her property but missed her home, saying, I was like a guy. God, I just want to live. I just want to make it through this. There was also an EF0 tornado confirmed in Beloit and other widespread damage across southern Wisconsin. As we look to other headlines, we have 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster as the man who killed four people in 2021 and left their bodies in a western Wisconsin cornfield is looking at 160 years in prison. John, what do we know from the courts? A jury convicted Antoine Suggs last week of the murders of four people found inside an SUV in Dunn County two years ago. Investigators say the four were killed in Minnesota, then dumped in Wisconsin. Sugg's father was also charged in the case. He pleaded guilty. I'm John DeMaster. Well, we can tell you Wisconsin election managers are sending out the usual Election Day reminders ahead of the vote. As Wisconsin Elections Commission says everyone who plans to vote in tomorrow's election will need a photo ID. The commission is also reminding people they can register at polls and that voters can return absentee ballots to the polls as well. Polls open at 7 a.m. tomorrow. They'll stay that way until 8 p.m. As we look to other headlines in Dunn County, a deadly fire in the Red Cedar area. Crews were actually on scene yesterday as they say they found heavy smoke and flames when they arrived at the house and the victim is a 74-year-old man found dead inside the home. Investigators say they're now looking for a cause in that fire. Well, Wisconsin lawmakers begin working on the state budget this week. Budget Writing Joint Finance Committee will hold its first public hearing Wednesday in Waukesha. It's one of four that will help craft the state's new two-year spending plan. After that hearing in Waukesha, expect to see some lawmakers in our area. Eau Claire and the Dells are spots next week as well and the Minocqua the last of the month. As lawmakers will then return to Madison, drop a new budget, and they'll deliver that to the governor sometime in May. And Monday's not usually the day you want to rock and roll all night and party every day, but April 3rd is a celebration. Woohoo! Let's go cheers. It's World Party Day, and people are encouraged to celebrate with theme parties that include music, drinks, games, and food. Some ideas include a movie night party, a dance party, or an art party. The day was inspired by the 1995 novel Flight a quantum fiction novel which has a synchronized worldwide celebration that happens on April the 3rd, 2000. If you participate in the day, make sure to use the hashtag WorldPartyDay. I'm Mark Mayfield. Do I even have to say it? It's always a party when your hosts in the barn are Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at your morning markets this morning. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. And Jim, catch us up on the sale. How did it go last week? Choice beef steers now first dollar thirty to a dollar fifty nine. Choice dairy cross steers now first dollar thirty to a dollar fifty seven. 
High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.40 to $1.50. Choice Holstein steers $1.25 to $1.39. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.24 and down. Top 20% of the cull cows sold from $90 to $1.04. We had a top of $1.65. 60% of the cows sold from $68 to $89. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from $67 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.45 to $1.67. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.44 and down. Call bulls sold from $95 to $1.10. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $150 to $325 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $150 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $200 to $345 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 30 to 42 and boars sold from 13 to 15. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, March 31st, starting at noon. We are expecting around 350 to 400 head for that sale. There will be a lot of good Holstein and beef feeders at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the El Tuna Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in El Tuna. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thank you so much. That's Jim Lindsay from the Equity Altoona Barn. And now Jerry Fitzgerald joins us now from the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Well, uh, Kristen, good morning to you and Jill. And again, uh, uh, as we head into April, woke up on uh, Saturday, April 1st. That was no April Fool's. Uh, snow out there and it uh, looked like January. <laughs> I know. We don't need that anymore. I'm I'm good with that, but I'd rather have snow than the tornadoes that they had and Iowa yeah, and Tennessee and Arkansas. Yeah, that's a lot of devastation. But uh, did I hear you correctly that you guys got in the 50s yesterday over there? In yes, we did. We got in the 50s. No, not here. We had a hard time getting out of the 40s. But uh, I think we got just 41 or 42 yesterday. I'm not sure. But it was kind of semi-cloudy. But, I mean, you know, most of the snow is all melted from, from the other day. Now we get rid of the rest of it and move forward. But, uh, anyway, interesting weather week. But I guess... Uh, Weather to be an ad, it is another busy week coming up, but we'll better tell the folks about what's going to be happening here at Equity Stratford, if we may do that. Yep, take her away, Jerry. All right, thank you very much, and a good morning to everyone. And uh, again, a full marketing week here uh, on tap here at Equity Stratford. Of course, we do get started on Monday morning, uh, 10 o'clock this morning early. We do get going here with the uh, uh, conventional market cattle, overnight delivered cattle. will of course, be sold first. That includes market cows, fed cattle, and um, market bulls. Baby calves today will be at 1130. And, of course, uh, uh, most of the castles of livestock on a very strong trend, and then we're looking forward to that to continue this week. Tomorrow, Tuesday, will be the hay and bedding auction. Uh, part of that hay and bedding auction for tomorrow, we do have round bales of corn stalks for bedding. That will be part of the hay and bedding sale tomorrow. 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the dairy auction, uh, and that will be followed by the uh, market auction. And of course, we do sell organic cows every single Tuesday here, and uh, organic market last week, very strong again. Those organic cows, 145 to 160 on the better quality organics, so very strong there. On Wednesday, we start around 10 o'clock, uh, full market again on Wednesday, including market cattle. Most of our fed cattle, of course, sold on Wednesday. Sheep, hog, and goats. The feeder cattle sale will be at 1230. And we got a big lineup of feeder cattle and beef cows for that sale uh, this week, Wednesday, April 5th. Again, uh, we do have a consignment of beef cows. There's going to be black Angus, red Angus, uh, some cross cows. And, of course, they've been with the bull, so they will all be pre-checked. And that will be for the sale at 1230. We do have consignments of other beef steers and 
uh, lighter weight Holstein. So, again, a good run of feeder cattle and bred beef cows. That will be on Wednesday. Our sale on Thursday does start at 11 o'clock. Market, uh, full marketing day on Thursday. So, again, folks, uh, all this information on market prices from last week up on our website, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page. And uh, if you've got livestock you can sign or any other questions, 687-4101 is our phone number. And we like hearing from you folks. So before we sign off here, now what uh, kind of April Fool's shenanigans were you ladies involved in? I was an angel, of course. All right. Well, and we won't call anybody over in Nielsville to uh, <laughs> attest to that fact. So we'll take your word for it. Sounds good, Jerry. You take care. We'll catch you tomorrow. You ladies have a nice day. And what are we looking forward to today? Can we hit 50 today? or uh, 47 is what I got. Well, that'll be good enough for us. Yep, we'll take it. Thank you much. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're in April getting oh so close to getting green. That means our alfalfa stands, and we're going to talk about that with Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And Dan, is is now the time about to get out and take a look, and can we really honestly evaluate this still this early in the season, those stands? Yes, Bob, we can start to do some preliminary uh, stand uh, maintenance. First off, we know what the winter's been like, where the fields in standing water or uh, under ice quite a bit, uh, which might be some cause for concern. Uh, but the other thing is, uh, starting in uh, early to mid-April now, we can dig a few plants about six inches deep and, and look for the health of the root. If the roots are firm and white, kind of like the inside of a potato, uh, then they're healthy and they're alive and doing well at the point you sampled them. If, on the other hand, the roots are kind of spongy, yellowish-gray, or dehydrated, then those are injured roots that will become diseased and rot and uh, will probably die early in the growing season, if not during the green-up process, uh, because we're not going to get much buds off them. As you're looking at your fields during uh, April, look for slow or no green-up in all or portions of fields. If uh, some fields remain brown while others are greening up, uh, that's a pretty good indication that the brown areas are spots where the plant reserves were low for spring growth. Um, And then the injury could largely destroy the root and crowns. I have seen fields with damaged roots uh, start to grow. The shoots get two or three inches tall and then die but they're always late and a little bit behind a healthy growing field. So so do kind of look for health. Do compare good spots to, to bad spots. And if one is brown uh, while the rest of the field or other fields are greening up, then it's likely a problem. The other thing to consider about uh, damage is as the plant starts to grow, do we have uneven growth? Uh, When the plant gets up around uh, six inches, do we have a lot of three-inch stems? Uh, The six-inch stems came from buds that survived, that were put down last fall and survived the winter. The three-inch growth is from new buds made this winter. Uh, That will reduce a little bit 
the yield of first cutting, but it does mean that that stand is going to survive. So uneven growth is an indication of damage that is not likely to uh, kill the alfalfa plants. Do pay attention to the root damage and to areas that don't green up as fast or show no green up, and then think about what you're going to do with those portions of the fields. Hopefully, uh, we've had uh, good snow cover most areas, and uh, we won't see any damage this fall, but uh, everybody needs to keep their fingers crossed. Absolutely, and get out and check those stands now as we get into April. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us once again on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, before we get to our morning markets, Jill, we've got ticket giveaway. Catch us up. What's going on in the ticket giveaway world? I have one-day complimentary admission tickets for the horse fair down at the Alliant Energy Center. That's running April 14th, 15th, and 16th. So one-day complimentary admission tickets, plus I have uh, tickets for the PRCA Rodeo, which is Friday at 7.30 p.m. I've got four tickets for that. You need to email me at farm at Midwest Family, E as in Earl, C as in cat, dot com. Very good, Jill. And taking a look at our markets before we head on out to do more chores on the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your July corn up 7 at 643, July oats up 3 at 365, July beans up 9 at 1484, July soybean meal down 60 cents at $460.70 a ton, July wheat up 8 at 712. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 629 for corn, Baldwin's at 622 and 1454. Wheat and Grain in Chippewa Falls and in Connersville, 616 for corn, 1455 for beans. Durand is at 619 and 1449. Mondovi at 624 and 1454. Elmwood, 624 and 1459. Fall Creek is at 614 for corn, 1429 for beans. Osseo's at 629 and 1459. Side and Loyal's at 633 and 1455. Side and Arcadia's at 634 and 1468. Elk Mound is at 623 for corn, 1455 for beans. Sparta's at 619 and 1461. Ellsworth at 609 and 1428. Ethanol plants in the area. Boyceville at 608. Stanley at 638. New Richmond, 631. Switching to the dairy side. Barrel cheese took a hit on Friday. Down six and three quarters cent to $1.80 and three quarters. Blocks down seven and a half cent to $1.85. Double A grade butter was unchanged at 239 and three quarters. And your class three futures for March. Ended at down a penny at 1806. April down 36 cents to 1910. May down 14 to 1847. June down 13 cents to 1847. July down a penny at 19 dollars. And then those markets were mixed into 2024. And again, if you're from the Clark County area, Alan Buchholz's birthday today. Wish him a happy birthday. He'll buy you surf and turf, steak and lobster. Tell him Kristen said so. He <laughs> he'll love me for it. Anyway, that's a look at what's going on today. We're at 29 degrees, looking for a high of 47. Cloudy day in Wisconsin. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.